Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Well, tonight I had something else that I had laid out, and I got to looking at it, you know, and at 6 o'clock I went, no, put that down, we're going to have to do something else. So we're going to do something else. This is going to be pretty simple because I knew if we had many testimonies, I wouldn't have a whole lot of time, so this will be fairly short. I pulled out something that I had taught at Bible school in California back in 2013, and I thought, you know, this actually sounds pretty good, so I think we'll just do this. And uh, if you want to title it, we can use it as an acronym. It's it's, uh, KISS, K-I-S-S, Keep It Simple Saints. And so we're just going to give you four points for having a successful spiritual life. This is certainly not an all-inclusive thing, but it's something to get you moving in the right direction. Number one, K, keep first things first. Your relationship with God is the most vital thing you will ever have in your life. It cannot become second place. It can't become secondary. It must stay first place. Uh, Acts 20 verse 28 says, take heed therefore unto yourselves. You have to monitor yourself. And when you find yourself drifting, you need to pull yourself back. You know, pastor has has, um, taught before about, about just drifting away. You know, that's what backsliding is. It's just drifting away. And the problem with it is, is most people don't even know they're, they're drifting they, they lose sight of things, and they don't even realize how far off the mark they've gotten. Everybody else can see it, but they can't see it. They don't, they don't recognize it. They don't, they don't put th- first things first and keep first things first. You know, we've had the old adage, you know, and we do this around here, you know, just in the helps ministry in general. We don't want you to serve too much outside of a, of a service. Now, if you're ushering, you know, or greeting, you know, or maybe you were in the cafe or the bookstore, you're going to actually be in the service. If you're on the praise and worship team, you're actually going to be in the service. You're going to get ministered to. But serving outside of the main service, we don't want you to put so much time into those areas. And if you're not in church enough of the rest of the time, that's why we have an attendance guideline that you have to be here at least 75% of the time to serve in some of those places. Why? Because when your outgo exceeds your input, then your upkeep becomes your downfall. And we have at times had, had people who had to miss, maybe legitimate reasons, who had to miss service, but they still wanted to serve. Well, when you go to them and say, listen, you need to be in service. We're not going to put you on the schedule next month because we need you to be in service. Do you know how many times those people have gotten angry? The anger is a direct sign of the fact that they haven't been putting first things first. And that's why we need them to be back in the service. You've got to be able to fill up. You know, a service like Sunday morning, I am so grateful for the people who are out serving in all these different places that are not in here experiencing what we got to experience Sunday morning. And so it would not be exactly polite to go to them in the nursery and say, you missed it. You you missed a good service. 
just, I, I know what Kathy Trowbridge said one time, and I love she goes, I was exactly where I needed to be this morning doing what I was supposed to be doing. See, and that's the attitude we need to have, but you don't need to rub it in, okay? Just don't do that. Um, your public life needs to be an outflow of your private life. And if first things aren't first, you can put on a, a good facade for people out from he, out that you see, but it not be real in your private life. Um, I, I had somebody one time who, uh, who did an analogy of that kind of thing, and they said, this was talking about, about ministry, and they were talking about an iceberg. You know, this, there's this iceberg floating around, and you see this iceberg above. What you don't see is, is it's, it's more massive underneath the water than it is above the water. You know, your private life is the more massive part of your life. Not, not the part that's seen, but the private part between you and God. That's the massive part. And if you don't take care of that, you're going to eventually fall. And so you, you, need to, you need to take care of that. Make sure that your public life and your private life match. That they go hand in hand. That there's not a Jekyll and Hyde moment here. You know, where you're one thing outside of home and you're another thing at home or just in, in other opportunities. You know, we need to make sure that we keep our motives straight in everything that we do. God first. You know, we do everything we do as unto the Lord. Not unto people. Not to be seen. Not to please. But because it's in our heart to do. Because God has put that in our heart to do. He wants us to serve him, and we serve him by serving others. But he has to be first and foremost the reason why we do what we do. You know, you serve in a, in a department because you, you want to please God. Not please people, but please God. Um, your priorities must stay in order. Your priorities must stay in order. You know, I um, over the years, it's, it's been uh, really obvious and sometimes where God was blessing a person. And a blessing, blessing, blessing. They went into business for themselves. He was blessing their business. And suddenly the business took over their lives because they let it get out of priority. Instead of keeping, you know, if you're in business for yourself, you know, the pressure to perform, the pressure to produce, I realize is there. But if you don't know that God is your source, you will bow to the pressure of work, 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 to the, to the, the detriment of your spiritual life. And yet you'll say, oh, no, no, I'm good, I'm good. No, I've seen many times. I, I mean, I can, I, can, I can name you countless people over the years that they believed God for a business. God gave them that business. God blessed their business. And because of that business, they backslid. God never intended for a blessing to become a curse. But it's all because they didn't put their priorities where they should have been. To keep God first. God knows what your needs are. If you say no to a client meeting, he'll bless you because you put him first. Your integrity must be in order. That comes from putting God first. You know, in Proverbs 3, 6, it says, In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. 
You know, you can boil it down to this. Just do the right thing. Just always do the right thing. No matter, you know, no matter what. You know, there are times when people will ask you a question. Don't lie to them. You know, I mean, you know, you put, maybe you're put on the spot and different things. But, but you know, just, just do the right thing. I'm reminded of a story Jesse Duplant has told one time. Uh, that he was in a, in a church holding some meetings. And uh, this particular lady, I mean, it was, it was her habit. You know, she did this all the time. She would invite the guest speaker to her house for lunch, you know, on a Sunday service. And so she brought him to her house, you know, to, to eat lunch that day. And I think she had something like maybe gumbo fix, because this was in Louisiana, folks. She had like this gumbo. Thing, and he said it was the most awful gumbo he had ever eaten. And so, so when, uh, you know, as the meal is progressing, he's trying to make himself eat it. And uh, the wife, this lady, says to him, so how'd you like the gumbo, Brother Duplantis? And, and, he, and he had this momentary thing where it was like, what do I say? What do I say? And he finally looked at her and said, ma'am, it was awful. And her husband, who was not a believer, threw his, his napkin down on the table and went, bless God, uh, finally a preacher who tells the truth. I've been telling her it was awful and stuff for years and every preacher who's ever come to this house has told her it was good. <laughs> Don't lie. You know, it's amazing what you can do to help somebody if you just stay with an integrity that's intact. But I, I have laughed over that over the years and so I've been very careful you know, if somebody brings me something, now Miss Iris knows this. She make me a red velvet cake every year for my birthday until I finally said, I can't afford those calories. I just can't. You cannot keep making this. But, but she will ask me every, every year, how was the cake? And I will give her an honest answer. Miss Iris, it was kind of dry. Miss Iris, this is not as good as last year's. The icing's always wonderful. But, but the cake, mmm, cake was not, was not that great. You know, you, you can say it in such a way God can give you the wisdom to say it so that it, you're honest without being hurtful. You know, I had somebody give me something one time, and, and they came back, and, and uh, I knew they were wondering, you know, what I thought of it. And, and uh, I finally just had to say, listen, it's just, it's beautiful, and, and I know there are people who really would enjoy this, but it's just not me. It's not my style. And um, I thought better that than, than the fact that they give me something that they never see. They never see me wear because it's not me. You know, so there's a way. There's a way to be honest, you know, in every situation and keep your integrity and keep your friend. <laughs> there's, there's a way, you know, but uh, anyway, so keep first things first. Alex, I'm going to have to go fast tonight. Number, uh, next one is I, invest in people. I've heard it said well, many times, ministry would be wonderful if it weren't for people. But ministry is people. Whether you're in full-time ministry or not, ministry is people. And you are in the ministry of reconciliation. So you are going to be ministering to people everywhere you go all the time, whether you're aware of it or whether you're not. Your life ministers to people. Even what you may do or say, you didn't intend for that to be ministry, but your life will be, will be impactful to people. All, you're investing in them. Remember, you're always a servant. Matthew uh, 20 and Mark 10 both say this. said, the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life. Jesus himself, was never above serving somebody else. At the Last Supper, he got down and washed his disciples' feet. 
Now, I don't know about you, but I don't want anybody washing my feet. I don't, just leave my feet alone, you know. Now, I came from, I come from a background where we had foot washing services. And, you know, of course, back then we, uh, I don't think that nobody does it very much anymore. But back then they divided the ladies, you know, and the men so that it would be, it would be, you know, not embarrassing to anybody. But it's like, no, no, just leave my feet alone. I can wash my own feet. Thank you very much. You know, uh, but what we, you always are a servant. You know, I, I've, I tell this to Bible school students, you know, you will always be a servant. You will never get too big to do anything. I helped serve food last week at, Brother, at Pastor Bruce Black's funeral. When it was over, you know, and they had a meal prepared for the, for the immediate family and the ministers who were there, I knew that they, oh, well, the Lord just impressed me. They needed some help. So I went and offered. Somebody said, what are you doing? I said, serving. That's what you do. You're never too big to serve somebody else. You know, if the need is there, you do whatever the need calls for. And so we should never get to a place where we we don't realize that we're going to be serving people because everybody has potential. You need to invest in people. You think somebody is some sorry so-and-so? Listen, they've got a lot of potential as far as God's concerned. You need to invest something in them. Now, let me preface that by saying you need to be spirit-led by what you invest in them. You know, when I met Leslie Morgan back in the doctor's office back in 1981, I could have gone, oh, Lord, she ain't worth much of my time. I have to work with her four hours a day, but that's, that's it, honey. No more. You know, but we in, I invested some time in her, and it paid some rich dividends because God saw the potential that was in her. So they have it. Listen, some investments don't necessarily seem to be good. There will be times that you'll invest in people, that, and it seems like they just, they just go the opposite direction, that everything you did for them was for nothing. Listen, it's not your job. It's not your responsibility what they chose to do with it. Remember, it says that tremendous power is made available. That means your prayers can make tremendous power available to somebody, but they have to decide to accept it. They have to decide to receive it. They have to decide to do something with it. So you just invest how God tells you to invest, and you just leave the responsibility of what they do with it, you know, in their court. Um, You invest in people, people will invest in you. Somebody, if you're born again, somebody invested in you. Somebody along, somewhere along the line was praying for you. Somebody somewhere along the line shared the gospel with you. They invested in you. Some of you as grandparents are investing in grandchildren, maybe because your children aren't in church, but you're investing in grandchildren. That'll pay rich dividends. Um, somebody will invest back in, back in you even after you're born again. Let me, let me just say this. Um, you need to be discerning of what and how people want to invest in you. Let me say that again. You need to be discerning of what and how people want to invest in you. It's amazing to me that there are times when people want to come to an individual and give them a word and give them direction and try to steer them in the right direction, but they, they're, they're never willing to operate in a service. I, 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 there was a lady that came here several years, many years ago, actually. Now, pastor had to go talk to her because she was always giving somebody a word outside of the church service. She went, I've been praying, and the Lord wanted me to tell you this. I've been praying, the Lord wanted to tell you. Funny, she never gave anybody a word in front of everybody else where it could be judged. 
if you're not willing to let other people in the service judge what you say is from the Lord, don't you try to do it on a private level to everybody. You're not their pastor. And if you're not willing to be judged, then I think you have a wrong motive. So just be careful of that. That's how the shepherdship business got started. Is somebody trying to tell everybody what to do, when to do it, and what God said. Listen, you're supposed to hear God for yourself. Are there times when I would love to tell you what to do? Absolutely. There are times I want to bore a hole in somebody's head and pour some good common sense in it. But that's not my job. My job is to put the word out and for you to figure out how to apply that in your life and then to do it. Because I'm not responsible for the decisions you make with what you've been given. You are. I don't want to be responsible for you. It takes enough to keep up with me and the husband. Hallelujah. Because, listen, in 1 Corinthians 11, 1, it says, Be you followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. You be careful. If something doesn't, somebody comes to you and wants to help direct you, help guide you, give you words, you need to be able to discern whether that's God or not. And if it's not, throw it out. You can nicely say thank you, and in, your, in, your, in here you can be going, no thank you. So you just need to be careful. Okay, next, kiss, stay focused, S. We've got to K, K, which is keep things first, things first. I, invest in people. S, stay focused. Listen, the enemy is out to distract you all the time. He'll distract you with all kinds of things. He'll distract you with kids, with work, with sports, with hobbies, with, with, with health issues. You know, a health issue is a distraction. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love what, what Doug told his doctor when he came in and wanted to know why he was out of bed when he was in the hospital. And he said, heal people, don't stay in bed. That is taking a distraction, comes from the health area, and putting it in its proper place. You cannot let yourself get distracted by health issues. You believe God, absolutely. But you continue to do what you need to do. When I had cancer back in 2002, and I found out I was going to have to have chemo, I looked at my doctor and I said, I don't have time for that. And he said, well, you're just going to have to take time. It wasn't my main focus. It's like... Is this chemo week? Okay, let's get it over with. I got things to do. And move on. You know, just remember that, that uh, God has got plenty for you to do. He's going to use you the way you are. Don't let personality come into play when it comes to, to the things of God. Don't say, well, I'm just too shy. I can't go talk to this people, these people. I, I, stop focusing on you. Focus on what God has said. Focus on what God has put in your heart to do. Focus on the things that, that you know that person needs. And if, you don't, if you're not the one to tell them about what God can do for them, who will? Stay focused. Um, Romans 12, 6 says that we all have gifts differing according to the grace that is given. Listen, you have gifts that I don't have. I have gifts that you don't have. You know, you, you can find yourself in, in places where God will bring that up. And sometimes it's more of a background thing. Sometimes it's more of an out there, out there thing. But I'm telling you what, God sees the potential in you to reach other people, whether you see it or not. Your personality should never be an issue. Your, the things that you're doing in life should never be an issue. Stay focused on what God is doing and don't let the enemy distract you. He will distract you with relationships. 
Oh, you could go, you can meddle a lot right there. How many people, you know, they're, I mean, they're on fire for God. And then this sweet little thing comes along. And now their focus is on sweet little thing instead of on God. And the next thing you know, they've made a major mistake. Now they're so emotionally invested in sweet little thing that they've forgotten all about God. I've seen too many people, the devil used a sweet little thing, came in here and took them out of church and took them out of the place God had for them, took them out of a place where the potential that was in them was going to be brought to the forefront and God was going to be able to anoint them in a mighty way to do some things. And they've lost it. I'm thinking of one person in particular, awesome ability, Awesome anointing on their lives. And a sweet little thing came along. And today, they say they are an atheist because of sweet little thing. Can't, you, 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 can't, you can't afford that. And I'll stop meddling on that one. The second S is stay sensitive to the Holy Spirit. You know, we have to be willing and obedient to what the Spirit of God is saying. Willing to listen, even when it's not what we really want to hear. I heard somebody say this just recently, and I thought, that is so good. They said this, correction is necessary for growth. If you're going to grow in the things of God, correction is necessary. That is when you're going to decide whether to stay sensitive to the Holy Spirit or not. When correction comes, you can dismiss it. You can just go, nah, forget it. No, I don't want to hear that. Or you can go, Lord, I appreciate that. You can't look at the person through whom the correction is coming or else you'll get offended. Mm-hmm. You cannot look at the person through whom correction is coming because you will get offended. Does it line up with the word or not? then if it winds up with the word, then what you're really doing is being offended at God. It's, it's amazing to me how many people do not respond to the Holy Spirit. There are people, pastor will get up on a Sunday morning and he'll talk about the need to be in church more than just Sunday morning. And there are people who sit right there and I think they grit their teeth because it's like, I'm not changing That's not being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. When the word of God comes forth and it seems to bring correction and you kind of do an an internal ouch, then do something with it. You have to remain teachable. You cannot stay sensitive to the Holy Spirit if you're not going to be teachable, if you're not going to be open to hearing what the word says. Maybe you haven't exactly heard it that way before. Maybe you haven't exactly heard that revelation of that particular verse before. But if it rings true in your heart, you have a decision right then to make whether you're going to respond to that, to that leading of the Holy Spirit or not. James 1, it talks about, in fact, let's just, I'm finally going to get to a scripture, sorry. Uh, James 1, put my glasses back on. Hallelujah. James, James, James. There's James. 
James 1, 21, it says, Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. That save your souls is the same as the renewing of your mind. Listen, it says receive with meekness. That could also be translated teachable. Always remain teachable. Everything you hear from the pulpit, you need, if, you, if it, if it kind of goes, oh, wait a minute, go look it up. Go look it up. Brother Hagen tells a story one time about a, about a minister that, was, that he was in a conference with, and, and this guy was, was teaching something that he knew was just totally off the mark. But he was, he was there, and he had determined to remain teachable. He said, in just a minute or two, this man made a statement that opened up an answer he'd been looking for for like 20 years. Listen, you need to remain teachable. Doesn't mean you swallow everything because he also said, eat the hay and spit out the sticks. You know, if somebody comes along and they're they're preaching something that's really good and then suddenly they put something in there that's, you know, you know that doesn't line up with the word, don't throw the whole thing out. Take the part that's good and put it to work in your life. But just remain teachable. You start talking about prosperity and tithing, and some people automatically go, I mean, they lock gears. You know, uh, the brakes go on. Don't do that. You know, the reasons anybody teaches on that is to help you. Your mama told you to eat your broccoli when you were a kid for your own good. Your pastor's trying to teach you things for your own good. It's to benefit you. It's to help you grow. It's to make a better Christian out of you so that you can have a more blessed life than what you already have. So I told you this has to be short. I could have meddled a whole lot more, but I didn't. So remember, four steps to a good, successful Christian life. Number one, keep first things first. Number two, invest in people. Number three, stay focused. Number four, stay sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And I'm sensitive enough to know I'm one minute over. Good night. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.